Good morning, this is Christine DiGiacomo. Today's morning briefing is a little different than the normal. I've entitled it, Read and Grow. Often I'm asked, can you recommend a good book? Or what have you read lately? Well, and of course Christmas is upon us and it's gift buying time. So let me tell you a little bit about what I've read. I can't say enough good about Henry Nowen's The Return of the Prodigal Son. Nowen was smitten by Rembrandt's painting of the prodigal son. He springboards from it to Christ's parable of God's great love for us. And then back again to Rembrandt's own spiritual journey. He looks at the perspective from the prodigal, the older son, and the father, and how at times we may be like each of them. It is a beautifully written book, and its message of the father's love for us is timeless. Incidentally, it's a pretty book too, with Rembrandt's rendering on the cover. One you could feel good about giving. Published in 1992 by Doubleday. A totally different read that impacted my thinking is The Generosity Factor by Ken Blanchard and S. Truett Cathy. What might appear to be a nice little allegory is actually a real-life story of a man's discovery that true joy flows out of generosity. Followers of Christ know they are to be generous with time and talent and treasure, at least we say we know it, but are we? Blanchard adds a fourth dimension of personal generosity, and I shan't spoil it here. Also starts with a T. Rather novel and a mind blower for me. The generosity factor also discusses the difference between a successful person and a significant person, between driven people and called people, both meaningful for consideration. The book is quickly read, just 109 pages, but on the other hand, there's quite a bit to highlight for further re reflection. A great gift for the business person in your life, but truly worthy of anyone's time. Published in 2002 by Zondervan. My friend loaned me an incredible book called Chasing Francis by Ian Morgan Crone, C-R-O-N. Oh my goodness, where do I start? This book really captured my attention, both head and heart, because it takes a Christian pastor's honest crisis of faith and juxtaposes it with his journey into St. Francis of Assisi, his works, his own journey, including where he walked and taught. The real voyage of discovery consists not in seeking new landscapes, but in having new eyes. It's a quote from Marcel Proust, which is cited in the book. This book could give any honest seeker new eyes. It is artful, provocatively deep, and cathartic as well. I highly recommend it. Published in 2006 by Nav Press. A longtime fan of John Ortberg, I have read just about everything he has written. He is clever, honest, and well-read. He quotes a lot of the classic writers of Christianity, like Augustine, C.S. Lewis, Thomas Merton, and Martin Luther. He also references contemporaries such as Louis Smeads, Frederick Buchner, Eli Wiesel, and Dallas Willard. The insights from these men alone are worth the cost of my favorite Ortberg offering, which is called Love Beyond Reason. My women of passion have been reading and discussing this book, and even longtime believers of Jesus Christ have gained new understanding of how God loves us and how we can, in turn, love others. Quote, God's heart is filled with tenderness and delight at the mere thought of you. 
me give you that one again. God's heart is filled with tenderness and, de- and delight at the mere thought of you. That's an Ortbergism. Perhaps it is just the book that will move God's heart from your head to your heart. Published in 1998 by Zondervan. And finally, for me personally, being on the New York Times bestseller list doesn't guarantee that a book will interest or move me. However, same kind of different as me did both. First of all, there are so many parallels to the subject of the book, Denver, and my Long Beach bodyguard, the Duke of Earl. Between the feisty woman in the story, Deborah, and me, so many as to be almost eerie. The author tells the story, a real-life true story, switching off between the real-life characters. It is at once engaging and eye-opening as well. Typically, if a book moves me to tears, I put it down, because everyday life has enough to contend with without voluntarily reading something that makes me cry. But this book, it did not allow me to put it down. I loved it. I love the story. Thank you, Eric. Published in 2006, author Ron Hall by Nelson Publishers. The continuing story is captured in What Difference Do It Make? Also by Ron Hall and Denver Moore. It is the rest of the story. And includes some of the stories of people who have been moved to action by the first book. It's quite inspirational. It sparks ideas for getting off the church pew and out where Jesus would be with the poor and the disenfranchised. It's really a um, starter, I think. I like it as much as the first book, published in 2009 by Thomas Nelson. And there's one more that I actually hadn't written out, but it's... Um, by Andrew Murray, an old Scottish preacher, and it's called With Christ in the School of Prayer. Oh my goodness, first of all, the premise is one I hadn't thought of. We remember where the disciples said to the Lord, Lord, teach us to pray. Well, this book begins every chapter by talking about continually asking the Lord to teach us to pray in different ways on different subjects, but it was a novel concept to me to think about asking the Lord regularly, teach me to pray. I want to be engaged in what you're doing, interceding for the saints at the right hand of the Father. Anyway, hopefully these give you some good ideas. And um, you can go to pastorwoman.com, click on morning briefings and pull up read and grow. And then you've got them all cited along with authors and publishers. Okay now.